Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to our fall pop-up podcast center in New York City. It's a beautiful fall day, and I'd like to welcome longtime friend Steve Gresham to the podcast. Currently, Steve is the founder of The Execution Project, something he started after quite a run at Fidelity Investments. We'll get much more into this, but Steve's out to help people rethink retirement. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Hey, Doug. Great to see you again. So financial wellness, it's a big thing right now, but people aren't talking about it as much as they should. What's your view on it? There's buzz. So much buzz the last couple of years. So people don't talk about stuff that they don't fully understand, right? And even more so, they don't talk about it if they can't monetize it. And what we have found over the years in looking at financial wellness is that wellness is actually something that everybody would like to have. And even calling it out seems a little bit ridiculous, sort of like saying, well, I'm going to help you retire. And so that would have some presumption in there of success. So wellness, the way I describe it, uh, is by copying from my good friend Frank McAleer at Raymond James, who's done a lot of work on this topic. He's in that business. And he basically says it's peace of mind. So having that marker put out for you, you then say, so if I gave you peace of mind, what would I get for it as an advisor or an advisory firm? And you would presume that you'd be able to capture more assets, you'd have a higher share of wallet, and you'd be on that way to being the trusted advisor that I think is the objective of of most of the folks that we're talking to today. So how do you monetize peace of mind? I think right now it's a share of wallet issue. When I think about the time we had at Fidelity and and we looked at our situation right after the financial crisis and we got the kind of harsh wake up that it was only 41% share of wallet. And given our size, given the, the options that people had, that was surprising to a lot of the legacy players. So we went after that. And when you go after it, you realize that what you're talking about is a couple of different things. One is planning. And I put that in air quotes because you're not really sure that an in-depth financial plan is necessary. So it might just be that the same way that they consume healthcare, which is pop into CVS or Walgreens and grab what I need and run. And the other one, though, is relationship. That's where we were having a harder time because they weren't really sure that we knew they were out there. And so when you do put those metrics against the industry today, it's a pretty ugly story in terms of how much advisors actually have. Of course, the bigger clients and the better advisors are skewing it towards better numbers, but the typical advisor in the country today is looking at fewer than 50% of those assets, and I think that's the place to start. So this is a huge focus on the execution of wealth management and retirement. The aging wave is here. What are the keys to successful execution for companies? So first of all, you have to acknowledge that it's here. And so much like we did, I know you have that shocked face on, (laughs) but, you know, this is the same thing that we went through when we first started talking about managed assets back in the old days. And those managed assets would be available if there was a comparison that was not good. The comparison was if you were working with a stockbroker, you didn't know what your performance was. You didn't most of the time know what you were really paying. 
And there was a bad value disconnect because there was a volume associated with turnover, which was associated with the broker making more money, and all that stuff had to evolve. And it's the same generation. You know, it's the exact same people that forced the transfer of those assets into a more professional managed relationship with more transparency and accountability. Those are the ones that are looking for that peace of mind today. But it's all now about protection and security. When you hit that inflection point of retirement, now all of a sudden there's a finite timeline. Now you start worrying about being able to meet those expenses, not just look at them in sort of an abstract future format. Does that make sense? Yeah. As I mentioned, your industry initiative next chapter is all over retirement. What are you really doing? Six different study groups have been uh, evolved from the original advisory council. You know, we were founded in the pandemic in May of 2020 between the MMI and Financial Advisor magazine. And what we started to see was people that wanted to connect across the industry, very, very senior leaders, by the way. And so now we have 120 leaders, probably at the VP level to the CEO level, that are engaged across these six study groups, which are really teams working on particular aspects of retirement. So financial wellness, as you said, is one of them. Digital capabilities, how would we involve technology alongside humans and actually to leverage the humans instead of the other way around? And then we think about retirement product innovation. We think also a lot about how you integrate communication so that they're much more user-friendly, because one of the fastest ways we can turn this ship is to improve our language and the clarity of it. So all of that work is coming through, and the thing we're about to publish uh, is the design principles created by the Styx study groups that was then codified by our Leadership in Action program, which basically an innovation program, innovation leadership program for the rising stars and companies. So there were 60 people from 50 companies that put all that together. And it's, you know, it's exciting stuff. Everyone has heard about the baby boomers for years, but you say the wave has yet to hit the beach, so to speak. Two things. Have they realized they're about to hit the beach? Are they not thinking they're there yet? And what is everybody missing? Well, you know, here's a funny thing about hitting the beach. You can be headed toward the beach. And I want you to think about your last tropical island vacation. You fly to the island, but you haven't gotten to the beach yet. Now you have to take a transport, or you have to take a boat, or you have to do something else. So you've got all these opportunities to begin to slowly get into the island feel, and that's what's going on with retirement. Most people stumble across this initial line like it's a goal line, instead of realizing that the journey is just about to begin, and every single one of them is doing it for the first time. And the adjustments are stunning. I can tell you with my own experience, quitting my job, you know, pretty safe, good, well-paying corporate job at the end of 17, and just the things that I experienced in my family that I had not experienced before. So you've got weddings and massive home repairs and time for a new car and some more tuition and all these things pop up and you say, well, you know, I'll just deal with that with the next paycheck. Oops. So, you know, that's not there. Now what do we do? So it, it just is a different headset. And most people have been looking forward to this day. And then they arrive and they say, well, it's a lot more complicated than I thought. You've long advocated for better client solutions, managed accounts, planning, wealth management. But now there's a new bull market. What's that? The new bull market is about protection. So just as I said about this uh, 
the notion that retirement, at, when you achieve it, is a goal line instead of a starting line. It really is a starting line, and now you have to think about it differently. Most people, and th this is a hard one to, to take down, so you know we're going to pause on it for a second. Most people, unless they've got a fortune, and most people don't have a fortune, most people are going to have to leverage the assets that they have if they have any substantial longevity and or they have unexpected significant expenses. And people have not done that. So with some exceptions for some big companies around the industry that sell protection as a concept, most advisors are still solving for the aspirational retirement so that we're going to take money out of a total return portfolio and presume that everybody lives forever and so we'll get the advantage of the long-term investment results. The problem is that that's not always the way it works. And I can tell you about three people my age that have already died in retirement, and that wasn't in their plan for sure. Now, you can also look at people like my mother, who's 88, who had everything under control until her island of Sanibel off of Fort Myers got obliterated. So she had the money, but it doesn't matter because now she doesn't have a house. And so all these things will happen to people, and you don't know what they will be, but protection can help, and protection is leverage. So in its simplest form, if you want to leave your kid $100,000, you could save $100,000, which means you probably made $150,000 to save $100,000 after taxes, and then you'll give it to them. You could also, for a lot less, buy an insurance policy, which would get that $100,000 to that kid for a lot less cost. So that's an incredibly simple example, but they are compounded across the industry with disability, long-term care, second-to-die in estate planning, longevity protection from annuities. There's all kinds of stuff that people haven't, basically haven't really utilized in full form. You managed retail client strategy at Fidelity, which was quite a home run for you in Fidelity. We talked to somebody yesterday who mystery shopped the 12 largest financial firms in the country. All 12 say they do holistic wealth management and when, in fact, zero do. What is your, what do you think of big firms today? Well, I'm quite glad in advance of this conversation that uh, I've been gone for five years. So thank you for that. So, you know, God bless that. You know, the problem is holistic wealth management is better defined by the recipient than it is by the provider. It's the same reason why I don't really like the concept of financial wellness or even wellness to be used in any kind of, of industry uh, offers of any kind, because it's kind of like getting on the airline that I did the other day, and I won't name the airline, but, you know, let's just say they said, now please sit back and enjoy the fill-in-the-blank airline experience. Okay, um, look, you and I have flown a lot of miles over a lot of years to a lot of places. I don't know of anything that doesn't involve a pod, a wine list, and a bunch of free sleeping gear that is an experience that's on an airplane. <laughs> Get me to the location, you know, within a reasonable time, and please do not, do not lose the luggage that I do like to check. And so. manage the angry people. Yeah, so just try to keep it as a safe arrival thing and just focus on that. But to stretch it and to presume that there is some kind of experience we've all signed up for is absurd. Again, with the exception of that uh, reclining bed. I say the industry has lost its focus on the end investor instead of focusing on profit and whatnot. Coming from the retail side of Fidelity, and I know it's been a while, am I off? No, you're not because, again, you know, it's always been... 
follow where the profitability is going to take us instead of turning around and saying, as many individual advisors that you work with so well for so many years, who look at it differently. They look at it as, this is what we do. This is our essence. This is our makeup. One of our next chapter contributors, Ross Levin, has said it 100 times. There's a contract with the client, and that will end up being our success. So they're looking at it from that holistic perspective. And then when the holistic uh, perspective now ends up with holistic results, now you've got a good connection. It is very, very difficult to be holistic at scale because the amount of information you have to be able to get from the clients, and that requires clients to participate, that's just a lot. And then to be able to think about the complexity associated with retirement, it is at some multiple, be an interesting thing to, to talk about over a, a bottle of wine, is how much more complex and how much more work is the typical retirement client, which also probably has an older and a younger generation hanging around it, how more complicated and how much more work is that relative to an accumulation client, which is what got the industry to where it is today. But aren't, invest, aren't advisors much more interested in the accumulation, the way they're paid, than the decumulation? Oh, that's an awkward point. Yes. Well, so when we're talking about scale organizations in particular, they're really set up to operate at scale. So now you think about Fidelity, where originally there was a large book that an advisor, quote unquote, would be responsible for. But for the most part, when we actually started to look more clearly at what was happening, look deeper, find out more, what we ended up understanding was that probably half of those people were really pretty much fully self-directed. So we lifted those away from the advisor so they didn't have to think about those people as much, and we communicated with those people more carefully through the headquarters marketing capabilities. That made that book significantly smaller. The initial reaction was interesting because a lot of sales managers would have said, hey, wait a minute, you just took away half my leads. Uh-uh, I think what we just did is we took away half of the people that weren't paying attention anyway, and we basically just doubled your productivity. And I think you're going to start to see more and more of that. So my guess is, and again, one of the main reasons why I left this great job was that I wanted to do the same thing again. And what we really want to be able to do is to provide both the hands-on for the people who value it. And when I say value it, I mean pay for it. And then you have other people who just want it occasionally, and that's sort of the middle tier, what you would call assisted sales. And, and that's really where the bulk of, of brokerage clients are today, is in a model similar to that. You know, don't call me, I'll call you, sort of a thing. And then the fastest growing part is this do-it-yourself. Not necessarily, as you well know, not necessarily do-it-yourself completely, but it could be that you have assets in that service model, and you are also having a whole bunch of attention at the highest touch level. And one of the things that was interesting at Fidelity, because the biggest innovation I think we made was around service models, and sort of that do-it-yourself, assisted sales, and then you know the full fiduciary offering, which had never been there before, you would see families, family members, participating in each of the three. Sometimes they were predominant in one versus another, but sometimes there were some people who were in all three. And that's the future, the financial mall. The financial mall. That's good. How can people take advantage of the execution project? Well, I think the first thing to do, get to that website and look at the blog. So every month there are three entries that I think capture what's going on in the industry, two for the executives and corporate types, and then one for advisors. 
we drop that newsletter in the first week of every month. So, you know, you'll be able to see that as well. We always add in a broadcast that has come from one of our events. And so we have that. There's a cool one coming up uh, very soon on that one all about platforms. And so you get a chance to see some of the industry leaders. So if you put those that together with those three blog pieces, it's a pretty good start. And it's also designed to be pretty fast consumption, kind of like what you do here. Steve, awesome stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Great to see you here in New York City. It's great to be here. To learn more about Steve and The Execution Project, please visit theexecutionproject.com. We'd like to thank our friends at Jay Connolly for hosting the Podcast Center. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.